1: Our guest on this week's episode of Soundtracking is a composer who's been pushing sonic boundaries for three decades. As well as releasing numerous albums under several monikers, Matthew Herbert has also scored a diverse range of films, including three for Chilean director Sebastian Lelio. He now has television credits to his name too, with his latest project, Temple, currently available on Sky and Now TV. As always, we'll hear plenty of Matthew's work throughout the conversation, Before that, a word from our friends Jeff and Andy, two ordinary fellas who were thoroughly fed up with overpriced razors. So they decided to do something about it and founded Harry's. And knowing there was only one way to reduce prices and maintain quality, Jeff and Andy bought their own factory. By taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price, with their top-notch quality blades almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. And we at Soundtracking have an offer for you from them Giving you a trial set for just £3.95 Including a razor handle, five blade cartridge Foaming shave gel and travel blade cover To take advantage and get your trial set delivered to you Go to harrys.com forward slash soundtrack right now That's harrys.com forward slash soundtrack for your £3.95 trial set And Harry's products are really stylishly packaged Which means they make a great present too And so to Matthew, who released his first album as Herbert in 1996. And we kick off with the title track, 100 Pounds. thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat to us on Soundtracking. There's so much stuff I want to talk to you about, and one of the many things I'm very excited that I get to talk to you about because I've been desperate to talk to people about this film is Gloria Bell which we'll get to in a bit, because it's a film that I watched and I I flippin' loved that film for so many reasons. And I just haven't heard enough people talk about it, to be honest. It's one of those ones that I think, unfortunately, has almost slipped between the kind of cracks and it's like, no, let's shout about
2: it! (laughs) So we
1: will talk about it if that's all right, because you've got this amazing relationship with Sebastian over a number of films. But it'd be great to start, because you've been making music for over 25 years now, but where and how did that journey start into making music for film and tv?
0: Pretty near the beginning actually in as much as I was at university and started towards the end of the 80s 89 90 sort of thing and it was just a combination of acid house and also the sort of democratization of technology so I'd built up a little studio um, that I took with me to university and things and of course being university there's all sorts of people doing other things there's filmmakers doing things yeah and everyone wants a little studio to do some something in. It's like a fun toy.
1: Or someone to make music for them. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So I actually started doing film stuff back then. Yeah. It's weird. Like I think you speak to a lot of people that make music and a lot of them would like to write for film and telly. It's sort of one of those things that people, that musicians sort of want to do. And then I did quite a lot of house music and dance music and things like that in the 90s. And a friend of mine... Um, I got to know somebody called Roberto Mello who used to sell me dance twelves at um, on Darblay Street.
1: Yeah.
0: At Black Market Records. Just round um, the corner. Yeah, exactly. I also wanted to do like a God Rested Soul or like <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, I know. a sort of Cross or what have you. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's such a those like.
1: those three streets, kind of all around that area. It was just there was just so much. You could kind of walking down the street, you'd hear before you got to those doorways wouldn't you as well it's such a shame that there's not as much of that around there as there was
0: yeah that's right and it was a really it was a really good time anyway his sister worked on a film uh, was a film producer and she brought on she brought on Rob to help with the music and he said I don't think I can do it on my own (laughs) he'd be alright with the dance bits but some of the other bits that I think he wanted some a collaborator with so he asked me and that was Human Traffic and that was amazing 19 sort of no, towards the no internet. It. Yeah, so we started working on
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, we started oh. that '97, so you know what I mean. We started working on that for a couple of years. a striking film it is I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but it was it was a better film as well Um, so the music director was Arthur uh, Arthur Baker yeah and then Arthur Baker left um, or was fired or what have you and then Pete Tong came on and I like Pete a lot I think he's a nice guy but he did try to put a lot of the latest, hits. latest London record hits <laughs> yeah. on it, and it sort of, uh, it sort of made it, it sort of dated it quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Whereas before Arthur Baker put on all sorts of things like Carl Craig and more sort of undergroundy stuff. It was complicated. The director was quite young, and it was tricky. But I mean, it was also there was a good spirit to it as well. That film, you know, it was a good, good spirit. And then I there was sort of a middle section where um, I think he's called Moth. Uh, the scene was called Moth's Breakdown. It's a sort of weird thing when you write music to picture. All these titles are really weird because you just put <laughs> something in as a holding pattern. yeah. And then sort of 20 years later, you're still talking about Moth's Breakdown, which is a terrible <laughs> name for a... Anyway, for a cue. <laughs> yeah. And they um There's worse. There's yeah,
1: worse out there.
2: there definitely for definitely yeah. yeah.
0: And um, they said, oh, we think we need something classical here. And I said, okay, well, I can write something I wrote a little classical thing for an orchestra and Friacra Trench um, who's Van Morrison's um, musical director Mm -hmm. helped orchestrate it with me and stuff like that so that was my first sort of proper orchestral session for a film and for that one scene in Human Traffic
1: because I mean the music that you've created, there's there's, there's so much of it. And um, I, I really, I don't, I, I'm not sure if you agree, but I really don't like that word experimental mm. because I think that what what you do is, is kind of, it's quite indescribable, really. It's just you appreciate sound and you appreciate kind of exploring how you can find sound as well. And I think that's absolutely... One of the many fascinating things about about you is a, a creative, and you don't fall into a genre as well. Do you know what I mean? Has that been yeah. something that's been deliberate for you?
0: I'm definitely not the sort of genre person, and I I did say this the other day actually, but I, I'm just not very good at that sort of pastiche mm-hmm. thing. I'm I'm not there's people out there that are really good at it. Also, my musical training stopped at school really, so I I didn't have all like university. I did drama at university, not music. So my compositional chops haven't had the formal training <laughs> good it. yeah and um and so I'm sort of always a little bit at the edge of my ability I think that's I think so. good though well it feels <laughs> it is but it it's can be because then you first. don't
1: sit back on your laurels and yeah well just that's, complacent with stuff and
0: yeah and I I'm really you know I can still remember I did a musical um for a French musical you know with a Caught for a million-pound budget and had ninety-piece orchestra in Studio One at Abbey Road. Wow! And you're just sort of standing there listening to them play your play a piece of music that you sort of scribbled in your bedroom. <laughs> And that wouldn't have been possible without collaboration, without orchestrators, arrangers, copyists, people to help you through that process. But you learn so much doing it and obviously you achieve a a lot at the end of it. But I think for me, it's just all about the ideas. It's it's all I'm interested in is like what does the, what's the artistic principle behind the work and following it through. There's some jobs without wanting to name names, but there are some jobs that you do more for money. Um, because we all have to earn a living, mm-hmm. um, particularly when you've got kids and mortgages and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I only really want to work with people that are motivated by making the best possible work. There's so much compromise and mess, in, particularly in film, because the stakes are high and it's made by committee and things like yeah. that. And, you know, it's a colossal investment. And music is just one of those things where everybody's got an opinion on as well. It's not... <laughs> you know like the the producers might not really have much of an opinion about i don't know the costumes or something like that but the music can really transform and it can also mop up as well you know yeah. one of the instructions i had recently on a show was we really don't believe in the central love premise of this film and can you help us feel more romance between these two that lacked chemistry on the uh, you know on the screen yeah you're really in service to wow to all sorts of things you know to trying to help solve bigger problems that are no pressure (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so you in those circumstances you only really want to work with people that are pushing for Mm -hmm. the right right thing you know I did a film I did a Japanese horror film recently and the guy was really nice to me and I think I'm I was probably ill-suited for the job but at one point eventually he said to me Matthew Please add cliche, you know, please, please <laughs> just add cliches <laughs> to it. Because I'd been trying to sort of do something a bit more original, though. Or yeah. Origi- well, the brief was to make a sound that you'd never heard before, you know, like the sound of hell or whatever. Like something
1: yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah.
0: Unpleasant and unworldly. And then it was just like, actually, can we just add some cliche to it, you know?
1: How did you create that?
0: Well, he wanted like a heartbeat over the top and. And actually, what happens quite a lot is you give people a kit of parts, so you yeah. you break the music down into different bits, and then let them shape it in the yeah in the dub or in the mix uh, as they as they see fit. You know, yeah, the whole thing is a constant negotiation. You know, you're ne- negotiating with the director, or and then the director's negotiating with the producer, and the producers are negotiating with the financiers, and everybody's got their yeah. own input and things like that. So it's it's fun, but it's not without its complications.
1: And every project, I imagine, is is so different. You know, no two projects are the same. So of 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 the the expectation of you, the want from you, and also the experience that you have through that that project as well.
0: Also, how the roles change. You know, one thing that's really struck me this year. You know, I've done I've just done a couple of TV series this year, uh, for the first time, and the directors are almost entirely absent because someone's telling me that the directors aren't paid to do post-production. So they've, once they've shot it, they've normally got their next job lined up. Wow. And not off. So they're not so involved in the process of making it, whereas the producers tend to oversee it in TV. Whereas in film, the director is the person that you're making it with.
1: Is that why in the States they have the title showrunner?
0: There is that, yeah. They're also involved with writing showrunners, so they okay. also get involved with writing. So it's kind of your show that you put together and yeah. oversee the whole thing sort of like a creative producer role. So that's been interesting this year, learning about mm. in TV, how it's different, you know, how the structure is different. Because yeah.
1: Tempo is um this the Sky show that is a UK version of a Norwegian show that's, that's already right. yeah. exists. An amazing cast in this, And I've seen two of the episodes. I really yeah. enjoyed it. It just reminds you of how, how much brilliant talent we have here in the UK, yeah. like particularly with Danny and Mark. It's just kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh man, they're so good at yeah. everything that you see them in.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you say, you know, that you've done a couple of, of T V things the first time with this sort of episodic thing. Is that a luxury or is it kind of is it just more work? The idea that you've got. I mean I can't <laughs> I can't remember how many episodes there are in Temple, but
0: Um yeah, there's eight forty five minute episodes. Um Is that like
1: doing eight it's like scoring eight films then or it is, yeah. Is is it it? Really is, yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what what happens as well is you've got less and less time to do it. So the first episode you have maybe three months to do. Yeah. And then the second episode comes really quickly after it in post-production. So you maybe have three or four weeks to do the second one. Yeah. And then by the time you get to five or six, you sometimes only got three or four days to writing, to delivering the thing. So it's really like it gets shorter and shorter and quicker and quicker. But is it a luxury that's um. It's really nice if you feel like you're in control of it. It's really nice to, and really satisfying to finally pull it all together at the end and to trace all the little journeys that you've been through. But because of the schedules and because there's so many people involved and, you know, so if it's commissioned by Sky, so Sky have input as well, Mm -hmm. plus the producers, plus the director, plus often the writers are an exec on it as well. So you can sometimes get notes from five or six different people. On um, one show I did, there's you know three editors, three directors, um, oh four God. executives plus. plus Who would you listen to first? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one that's of the things a... is like trying to work out, out who's yeah. the big cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, <laughs> and what can happen is them is that music can get moved around in mm-hmm. places that you didn't necessarily anticipate it, and then the whole thing sort of falls apart. You know, like if you've written a, a love theme and then that's used for a different character it can really throw you. So it's, it's really about, you have to be flexible. That's one thing I'm learning more on this TV stuff. I have to be flexible about mm-hmm. and not hold on to the sort of purity of yeah. of my threads and just try and make it work on their terms. The thing I do like is creating a new language or an atmosphere of finding a combination of instruments, yeah. because you can't just put an orchestra on something if it's you know, that's the one thing I hate about film music is that. So, Gladiator, even though it's set two thousand years in the past, would still use a Western symphony orchestral sort of sound for it. Or if it's set in space, it's still the same orchestral yeah. setup. It seems to me really lacking in imagination about how we could use sound. So that's the really fun bit: is finding a new language for yeah. each of the each of the things. So, Temple, for example, I got a lot of the sounds on the set recorded underground, and then I. I commissioned um, a really brilliant drummer to make a, a drum kit out of medical equipment um, <laughs> that we could create gen- noises from and have sounds that it didn't have before. And then I sort of create some synthesized, more sort of synthesized noises from scratch to try and present a kind of, I called it the worm, but it was this noise that indicated things weren't right or what have you. ended up adding some little they wanted more kind of the thing that you get from live players is you get the more emotional aspect to it because you get humans expressing it rather than computers so there's a bit of that in the score as well
1: conversations though when you and and what point were you brought on where you sent a script and go can you create the score for the series or how does it work
0: it's it's different every time in this case i worked um with liza marshall who's the producer on it and she she produced life in a day she used to work at ridley scott's and um come production company and i worked on that film met up with her for a first time in a while and she brought brought me in quite early so we I got to see the dailies so that's what they shoot yeah and you get you just see what they shoot the days things and so from quite an early on I got a sense of the rhythm of the piece and things because actually that kind of rhythm is important like the flow of how the actors are the colors
1: that really stood out for me as well the kind of yeah the kind of color palette of it as well is really clever I thought
0: yeah, and that really determines, you know, there's a long relationship in music between color and keys, for example. Different keys have different colors or they emo- they sort of Im- help you imagine different kind of colors. So you're sort of working that out. So the key of the piece, the sort of flow of it, the rhythm of it, the textures, is it mysterious or is mm-hmm. it aggressive or is it subtle? You know, I always think that the music is like another character in the film. Mm-hmm. And like if that character is in the film in the same room as the characters, is he I say it's a he, but I don't know what kind of characters, but are they stamping in the corner going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Or is it sat there going like, I think something's not right here, you know? So you have to sort of work out that part of the, you know, like how much you're going to get involved and get your sleeves rolled up and get stuck in.
1: or did you want to pay any attention to the Norwegian show? Is there any correlation between anything on that?
0: Uh, none at all. Great. <laughs> um, I haven't
1: seen it, so I don't even know what it looks like or sounds no, I like.
0: No, so. I started watching the first one. I mean, for example, this one's called Temple and is located very much in London, so mm. that was something we talked about for a while, like should it have a UK sound? Do we have sounds of London bleeding in? Do we stylistically do we want to acknowledge that and things like that? And some of those questions or lines of discussion They sort of fall away But yeah, it has to be It's one thing It has to be its own thing, yeah
1: talk about um working with sebastian yeah across a number of films how did you first how did you first meet and start working together
0: this happens really rarely i have to say and if you're not in this world you sort of imagine this happens all the time but it really doesn't but basically i i just had a call one day saying this director would like to meet you or consider this film here's the link um he's in london next week can you meet I liked the film I went to see him uh, that was for a Fantastic Woman yeah. and then I had to deliver the finished score 3 weeks later. What? So, so from meeting him <laughs> from meeting him to actually going away writing demos having them approved recording them recording an orchestra putting it together mixing it having it all signed off and delivered 3 weeks. <laughs> Grew up in Chile and in the 90s just listened to an old record of mine called Bodily Functions that he really liked and he was making the film and just thought that would be good. I wonder if he does film schools and got in, and got in touch. And actually I'd taken a bit of a break. I didn't really enjoy, I really enjoyed Human, uh, not Human Traffic, Life in a Day, the film I made with Ridley Scott and Kevin yeah. MacDonald. Really, really enjoyed it at the beginning and then I didn't enjoy it at the end. And I'd sort of taken a bit of a break from doing schools cause it was felt pretty low after it, about the whole experience. So it was really nice to then come back and do something positive like that. But it, it really was just a sort of a call cool out of the blue, you know, that's the bit that doesn't happen very often.
1: Then for that relationship to continue on across a number of films with disobedience.
0: That's really been I think it's been one of the highlights of my professional career, that relationship actually of just um finding that person that you can that you can work with. And he's such an in, incredible collaborator. I sound like one of those sort of lovers that you hear on the economy. these things like, oh, it's so good <laughs> so <and> wonderful. She- <laughs> yeah. Um but whoops. Um but actually collaboration is incredibly it's incredibly hard particularly when it comes to music once we'd sort of established the tone he was really trusting and gave me space to sort of do my thing and i think partly as well it was so quick the first one that we got you don't have time for hundreds of revisions it just ends up being quite a kind of spontaneous Mm -hmm. vision for how the the sound is and disobedience was a very different film And we had a bit longer, not that much longer, only about five weeks as opposed to three, but... Ages. Yeah, a (laughs) lifetime.
1: a delicate film though you know in terms of like everything about it is is kind of on a knife's edge almost
0: It is, yeah yeah and it was really about um it felt like a bubble so trying to create like a geodesic dome in the musically mm. that sits over the whole thing Sebastian always talks about it a bit as a sci-fi film you know, hmm. going into a community or that he, didn't, that he yeah. didn't really know anything about and trying to sort of explore, go exploring in the world and it's really great to be able to continue the creative conversations that you started on one project and then bleed over into the next one It's tiring after sort of thirty years of doing it. Is just the constantly starting again. Yeah, you know, with a new yeah. relationship, building yeah. up, building up that process of trust, mm-hmm. delivering all the rest of it. Just because there's, it's so easy to head off into difficult places. I've just done a film called The Cave. Yeah, that just opened in Toronto, um, and it's a documentary set inside Syria um, in a h- hospital run by. Uh, medical students, these young women um, illegally underground wow. um, during a siege for a couple of years and it involves chemical attacks and all sorts. Utterly traumatic and the director's assumptions, the director who I love very much and have a tremendous a- admiration for you know we had quite different ideas about the function of the music, music in, the, yeah. f- in the film and again I had two and a half weeks to do the whole score for that and it's it's difficult to like sometimes to just find a language. Also, with the music, English wasn't his first language. We're not in the same city. Yeah, he's a, he's an asylum seeker, so he can't travel. Um, wow. And you know he's having to go to court to testify against people that tortured him. And, oh my and you know, god, it's, it's really big, difficult stuff. And at the same time, trying to unpick an artistic relationship in in that in a very short period of time can be challenging and you just want to do your best work you know what I mean you just want to you want to give them your best best work and do something amazing but that
1: is it coming to LFF do you know
0: it is yeah amazing yeah it's um yeah it's called the cave and it's part of their documentary series gonna
1: definitely check that one out
0: yeah it's yeah it's it's good but it's brutal
1: I bet two and a half weeks so wow yeah (sighs) do you ever say no (laughs) In terms that's, that's of that's my a manager sco- asked. <laughs> I need a score in ten days. No, no, you can't have it. Sorry, too too short. I'll do an eleven.
0: <laughs> ten and a half. <laughs> yeah. I um it's hard to say no when you're freelance when you're Yeah, you know, I know. It's, yeah. It's very hard to say no. And also not just this business, but everybody I know is working long hours mm-hmm. till late with cuz emails go late working at weekends different
1: you know, parts of the world people get in touch yeah, yeah all that stuff. it's
0: really um i really want to start a political party that's the the less party you know like <laughs> yeah. work less you know yeah. travel less yeah. just like be with your family more
1: less less mobile phones less all that mobile stuff phone, yeah more sleep
0: yeah better food maybe it could
1: be the more party well yeah, maybe the more yeah but, Less is more. The <laughs> yeah, less exactly. is more party. But maybe yeah. the Republican party is the more
0: party, like more guns, more oh, pollution, God, yeah, no, okay, more yeah, no. money. Yeah. yeah,
1: maybe the less is better idea. Yeah. Um, before we run out of time, though, I've got to talk about Gloria Bell, which is this brilliant little film. I mean, I love Julianne Moore. anyway. I mean anything she's in, I'll, I'll kind of watch. Yeah. And I didn't really know anything about the film going in to watch it. And there's a lot of music in this film. There's a lot of needle drops. I mean I didn't realise that I knew um, all the words to Olivia Newton-John's A Little More Love <laughs> but I do um, which was uh, and Lady, Lady, Lady as well by Joe Esposito was it
2: Frightened by dream You're not the only one Running like the wind Thoughts can Dancing behind masks, just a subtle pantomime, but images revealed.
1: Conversation you had with Sebastian about where you needed to provide music for this film, and how did you kind of try and navigate your way through all these kind of yeah. you know, ridiculously brilliant and catchy pieces of you know known music?
0: Well, he sent me an email saying, as you know, I'd lo- you know, I'd like to work with you, but this the next film doesn't have any music, and it's a remake of a film that he made in Spanish, and the one in, in is Spa- it? Yeah, it's, it's a, the Chilean version.
1: Oh man, I need to watch that. You then.
0: should. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's a very it's very similar, but very different. That's a really unhelpful description, but anyway <laughs> um, it's worth <laughs> it's really worth the lead actor in it. She's absolutely brilliant, but there's no music in it there's no It's only diegetic music, so yeah. it's only music that's that, that's heard actually in the scenes that the character hears, and so he didn't think there was going to be any music in it so it's quite a late edition. you're sensing a pattern here like <laughs> like uh, yeah. last minute Matthew's
1: fine with five days to do yeah, it, it like, <laughs> and uh
0: <laughs> and so we then had to sort of try and work it out and we tried quite a few things actually we tried 10 or 12 different approaches to try and make it work and I think the thing that we finally the thing that we finally hit on was I had this idea or I had this sort of vision of disco music, but without the beats. So, sort of synths and orchestras and sort of what's the emotional side of disco that's not just about dancing but that's about kind of I mean Sebastian said I said she's got a disco ball in her heart and Aww. I don't remember saying that at all Aww. so it might have been someone else that said it but
1: I want a disco ball <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's that kind of thing like yeah. she just likes dancing she, she likes dancing she's essentially a kind of a loving happy person but like what does once you take away the beats, what are we left with with a certain, it's a certain form of disco. And then it was just a theme and then I I was in LA for something or the other and the only flight I could get home was from Las Vegas so I drove across the desert to Las Vegas in a hire car and whilst I was, I wrote this, um... <diu-ooo-> 씨가- deren- <laughs> <semble> <onscious-> cube- it's a very specific shape and I was like that was the thing for her and it took me about four hours to actually get that exact oh, wow. thing. I was staying in Caesars Palace which is where she stayed at in the hotel so I was like I should stay in the hotel where she stays in the film and then I had to check out the next day to go home and uh, I was in the multi-story car park I had a couple of hours so I set up um, a little recording studio with little bits in the hire car that's amazing (laughs)
2: and
0: then tried to work it out and then and then so what started as it Dud-dud-dud-dud-dud, became So it's just a sort of a fragmented mm-hmm. version of that so it doesn't go continuously. Once you had that melody, then the whole sort of film kind of writes itself a little bit, wow. really. But this is something that for her, and the same thing happened with the Fantastic Woman, which was we talked about quite a lot. Which was giving these characters a melody, like both like of them. Marina, are, yeah, yeah, both of them are like giving them a sort of dignity. Just saying, that's what I really love about Gloria. I really, oh, my favourite cue is the opening cue. It's so massive mm. for, for for quite a small character. You know, she just likes dancing and sort of is on and off with sings a, a in boy her car fish. at the top yeah, of her yeah. voice she yeah. gets on okay but not that brilliantly with her kids <laughs> She's she sells car she helps with car insurance Sebastian always describes her as the woman in a film that would be the wife in the driving seat and been telling the kids to shut up and buckle in and that would be her entire sort of role and he sort of wanted to take her and follow her mm. and part of that part of getting the audience to take them seriously is if you give if you put forty musicians in a room and play a big theme while she projects her name and mm-hmm. everyone sort of is like, Oh, she must be worth of our worthy of our attention, you <laughs> yeah. know? I love that. So it's really, um, there's a sort of consciousness to her that, that, I, that I really like as well. You know, they're consciously using the music to take people by the hand yeah. and just go, this is, come on, come come with us yeah. and listen to her.
1: Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for your time. It's it so, so fascinating, to. I hope we can do it again sometime. Sure. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of Tempo as well and seeing what's next as well. Yeah, Thanks so much good. for your time. No nice problem. Thank you. the score to Gloria Bell that's Up the Stairs by Matthew Herbert. Running off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the visionary composer. My huge thanks to Matthew for taking the time to talk to us. All episodes of Temple are available now on Sky or via their non-subscription service Now TV. Catch up with all of our previous episodes via edithbowman.com, including my conversations with composers Alan Silvestri, Nicholas Brittell and Clint Mansell. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And do check out our dedicated YouTube channel too. Next up, we had a wonderful time chatting to award-winning theatre and film director John Crowley about his new film, The Goldfinch. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then.